Hello everybody and uh, we are in the month of Elul, month of Virgo, before Rosh Hashanah, in the portion of Kitetze. What a wonderful parasha. We're going to get into the Ari today. We're going to get into Orachaim HaKadosh and hopefully it will be a weekly inspiration for all of us as that's what it needs to be. I mean, first I want to wake you up and uh, wake myself up. We know in the month of Elul, the Creator is available. That's why it's called Anila Dodive Dodilim. I am for my beloved and my beloved to me. Two meaning to it, which means you can only get as much as you can give. If you don't want to give, don't expect to get. That's what I'm to my beloved and my beloved to me. Second explanation is in this month, the Creator is available. But it's available for people to get excited that the Creator is available. You cannot become numb. You have to be on fire. You, you ever get burned? You ever ate spicy food that you could not even breathe? You remember how much you jump? That's how much you need to jump in the mass of Elul to get excited about making sure that your communication, your connection with the Creator will be solid, will be strong, will be real. You know, you can talk to the Creator about everything that is wrong in your life. Not what you don't have, you're allowed to do that too, but more about what you try to achieve and you have a hard time to achieve. You know, you want to become a better person. You have a hard time. You're, you're afraid of people and you don't know what to do. This is the time to reach out to the master, to the king, to God, and say, master of the world, I'm really struggling in loving people. I'm really struggling in uh, different things that I'm struggling with and cry and beg. And you will be granted with a gift. Because in Rosh Hashanah, we know that that's the day. It's a bel it's when the moon is covered. What, is bad? what does that mean, the moon is covered? Malchut, which what we relate to as human beings, is covered from us. It's, there's no access to go in. So for that reason, we cannot accomplish as much as we want to accomplish if we're not prepared in this month to change our behavior, to change our life. So if there is something you're afraid to do, I would suggest you do it in Elul. If there is something that you're afraid to ask, I suggest you ask it in Elul. If you wait more than that, it might be too late. And when you arrive to Rosh Hashanah, you arrive not being ready. And for that reason, it will be hard to go to that war uh, that called Rosh Hashanah. Now, the reason I mention that, because the name of this week portion, Kitzitela Melchama, when or if or when you're deciding key meaning a condition word, to go to war on your enemy, and God will give your enemy in your hand, and you will have some captures. That's how the portion begins. And when you look at the, the portion, who's going to war? I mean, I know that coincidentally, right now there is, no coincidence, a war in Kabul. Right now there is a war in many places in the world. War is not a pleasant thing, but somehow the Bible talk about it. The Bible talk about the war. Now, why is the Bible? What is the Torah? The Torah has to mention war here. Lama, 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 why even injecting that kind of negativity of a war? Couldn't we make sure not to read maybe this portion? Maybe we should skip this portion. Just skip it. Well, there's many angles to what war can bring. That's the Vishabitav Shivyo. When a person goes to war, is with the enemy. You have enemy. Now there is spiritual enemy and there is physical enemy. There is people who just hate you, they want to kill you, they want to get rid of you. 
And there is people who are jealous of you. And there is also the inner war. What is the inner war? You fight with your yetzerara. You fight with the evil inclination. You fight with the internal enemy. And the war with the internal enemy is one of the most difficult things. You're fighting. You're trying to become a better human being. But that evil side of me, don't let me. I try to forgive and uh, hard. I try not to curse, uh, hard. I try to be happy, hard. I try to smile, hard. That's another war. So we can look at it in, in many ways. When you go to war, what type of war are we talking about here? You're going to a war on your evil. What is it start? Elul. 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 And don't give up. Don't just be depressed and think to yourself, hey, I tried last year to go to the war and I've not been successful. And for that reason, I'm not going to try to go to war. I see that a lot of people who used to work with me, some of them used to be famous teachers, rabbi, and all this and that, left, left that war. They don't want to go into that spiritual war because they lost. And they use all kind of reasons. Yeah, my teacher was not good. This was not good. And they were cheating me. They were abusing me. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. You still have to go to war. The war is never going to end. Just because you feel that it didn't work last time. The war is the purpose. Not the win. Nobody promised you a win. Here it says, When you go to war with your enemy, Hashem, God has to give your enemy in your hand. If it's not happening in that kind of condition, the end result will be what? Either you think you win, which is the worst loss can happen to you, or either you lose. Why am I saying when you think you win is the worst thing that can happen to you? It's the worst loss. Because people think they win, not try to win. And the people who lost sometimes don't try to go back and try to win it from a different angle. Conclusion that I have, which is kind of uh, immature to have it in my age, but for my age, I mean, I still want to share it with you. For many years, I tried to change a certain aspect of myself, and I'm fighting. And I think it's a gift the Creator gave me to understand I cannot do it on my own. I need to include God in it, and I have to surrender myself to the Creator and say, God, I'm, I'm, I cannot change. I just cannot. Please put in me the power to change, or please inject some power to my soul to overcome what I need to overcome, or take this old soul, put it in a recycle, and bring in a new soul. I really want to become better. I really want to overcome different things. But when I start praying on that and meditate on that, and I read a section from a discussion between Rabbi Chaim Vital to Rabbi Isaac Luria. Rabbi Chaim Vital was struggling with all type of tikkunim, that he was angry with himself that he cannot overcome it. Why, Why I cannot just become a better person? I, I want to. It's my desire. And I just don't win. So he went to the Ari, and the Ari, Rabbi Isaac Luria, I used to call him Tzadik. Dari used to call him the Messiah. And Rabbi Chaim Vital used to have a hard time with receiving compliment because he was looking for perfection about himself. 
I don't know if you have it in your part of your personality, usually Virgo has it, or if you have a lot of Virgo in your chart, you have it. When people give you compliment and you don't feel you deserve it, you get angry. You don't want to hear the compliment until you make it. So Rabbi Chaim Vital has a little issue with that because he wants to become better and then he, he wouldn't mind somebody calling him the Messiah. But he knew he's not there. Whatever issue Rabbi Chaim Vital has, it's not our place to discuss that. From our point of view, we have to look at him as perfect. From his point of view, he looked at himself not perfect at all. So the idea of, of the beauty of what Rabbi Isaac Luria answered him that it's not good for a person to kind of self-doubt themselves, self-doubt themselves that they're going to make it or not going to make it because God is making it for you. God is making you win that war. I don't know what's your issue. Is, is rage is your issue? Is screaming your issue? Is lust, addiction, sex? What is it? That enemy you're fighting with, God has to grant you with the gift of overcoming it. So if God does not grant you with that gift to overcome it, you got to do extra work, different thing. Focus on what you're good at. And because you have the merit to be good in something, God gave you that gift. You do the good thing that you do well spiritually. You will have benefit to win what you're not good at. Stop working on the rage if you know it's not working. It doesn't mean that you should scream at everybody. Work on it. Ask God to give you energy to be able to do that. But in the same time, do mitzvot or do things that you're good at. What are you good at? Are you good at reading Hebrew? Those of you can read Hebrew. Then read Hebrew loud. Whatever it is. Zohar, Zohar. Read it loud. Read it loud. Read that. Read for people. Help people. Go around your street and say, because I'm going around the street every day and give food to the poor, Hashem will grant me with removing my rage, removing my lust, removing my addiction. Do something that you know how to do. Don't just say, well, I try. It doesn't work. No. It's no excuse for no spiritual transformation. There's no such thing. That's why it's a kid's telemilchama when you go to war. So I want to look at it more as a spiritual war. But of course, meaning the Talmud said that even when you read the Torah, even if there is a secret of Kabbalistic secret, there is still more secret in it from a pshat point of view, from a simplicity point of view. So, Let's understand the simple aspect of this parasha. What war are we talking about? And who would go to war? And why is it say if you see a beautiful woman that you capture in a war, you just take her home and look at it, say, and she's beautiful and you desire her. Not enough she's beautiful, you desire her. You know, some women are beautiful and the men look at them. He doesn't find them attractive. They're gorgeous, but nothing going on there. It's the chashaktaba. You have to desire And you want to take this capture in war to be your wife. Then you have to bring it to your house. She shave her head, make her nails, remove the clothes that she had before uh, from where she came from. And she can cry on father and mother 30 days. And then if you want her, then she can be your wife. You make love and then children. And all this and that. But if you don't want her, you have to let her go. Now, if those things really happen, the answer is yes. There is two types of war. There is the spiritual war and the physical war. But we need to understand 
a question that bring by the Orachaim. And you must read all Orachaim this week to fully understand how profound the portion of Kitetze is. It's profound in a level which is endless amount of spiritual details about what we need to do and now we need to live our life. So, Rav Orachaim HaKadosh, Rabbi Chaim Ben Atav, ask a question. Why even start the portion with Kitzitzel HaMelchama? Just ask. Just talk about this woman thing. You see a beautiful woman, you capture her, you take her, skip the part of the war. He doesn't even talk about the war. Kitzitzel HaMelchama, the war, nobody even talk about the war anymore. Kitzitzel HaMelchama, let me read it to you in Hebrew. When or if you go into a war on your enemy and God give you your enemy, you win and you have captured a woman. Nothing about war. It's gone. So the only part about war, three words, and the whole name of the portion is after those three words. Omar Chaim said, why? Skip those three words and say, start the parsha like this. Veshavita shivya. And then you don't need this old headache of war. So look what Orachim said, and I hope everybody will capture it. Meaning, that your purpose to go to a war will not be, oh, there is a war in New Zealand. They told me the women, they are gorgeous. The men are weak. I'm just going there to a war. Kill them all and capture the women. So your purpose is to go to war because those enemies from New Zealand try to kill you? Or you actually want to go to war for what? To capture the women? You're not allowed. That is forbidden by the Torah. It's forbidden by the Bible. You're not allowed to go to war to capture women. This is happening as a effect of the war. Meaning, in the war there is bloodshed, there is war, there is people dying, and, you know, your enemy think he can kill you. You happen to kill them now, there's women left there. And on the old days, the women cannot make it. I mean, it's very dangerous. The, the body is weaker than men. And they're not into sword and fighting and all this and that. Women give birth. They have a different mission. It doesn't make them worse or better. I'm not part of chauvinism or feminism. Can't stand those chauvinism, feminism opinion, whoever even speak about it. We are all the same, but we're different. We are all the same, but we're different. Everybody has a job. And it's an hour day to day that everybody want to capture, a man want to be a woman, and a woman want to be a man. Well, I have no idea who want to be what, but it doesn't go well. But people still think they have a better idea. The Bible tell you, capture a woman, but if that's your purpose, then what say Orachaim? Then not Netano Hashem Then God will not give your enemy into your hand. Because your initial purpose of the whole war was not to defeat your enemy or try to kill you, or at least to defend yourself. You went there to capture, capture a woman. But if you go there to beat a woman, it's forbidden. Your wife waited at home. You went for six months war. 
you're making sex with everything and you might kill them, like what we see in a lot of war happening all over the world, the women are not allowed to be touched if your purpose is for the women. I see that the war on Syria, and I'm not trying to make a political opinion here, I'm trying to bring again a Bible opinion, a Torah opinion. I see some of the war of Syria, whatever happened with the court, whatever happened with Taliban, whatever with ISIS, and all this and that. A lot of the time is the purpose, what I read, I don't know if it's true, is for capture the women. It's not to defeat the people who want to kill you. That's forbidden by the Torah, and whoever close to those people should tell them that. They said, they claim they follow the Bible. They don't follow anything. They follow the sexual urge. That's what they follow, and it's forbidden by the Torah. You cannot do that. That's not the purpose, because if you read the Pasha, you should be bothered. And if you're not bothered, that's when you didn't read the Pasha. And the Orachim continue. The Orachim say, okay, we answer that, that you have to come with the right purpose. And just to remind you, the people who used to fight the war has to be righteous, spiritual people. It's not regular people. If a person have, for example, if people are, have hate in their heart, they were forbidden to go to war. Because they're afraid to fight with each other too. A person has to be clean. A person has to be spiritually pure when he go to war. It's only, I'm only going to risk my life because I have to defend my people. So it's only mercy. When I have to go to war, I have to, but I don't want to. Another question Orah Chaim said, Why even the Torah go there? Would it say if you see a beautiful woman and you have lust and desire for her, you should take it? I mean, we know that the Israelite, or what we call today the Jewish, were practicing the 620 mitzvot, the 613 mitzvot of to do or not to do. They had commitment of two spiritual path. When you are a spiritual person, you have a certain commitment. You have a certain thing you shouldn't be doing and a certain thing you should be doing. The thing you should be doing usually is exciting. That's why a lot of spiritual people call themselves spiritual. They only tell me about what they should be doing. And I always challenge them with them, what are you prevent yourself from doing? That's also spirituality. Spirituality is not only what you should be doing. Spirituality is also what are you capable of stopping yourself from doing. That's why you have ten commandments. There is commandment about what you should be doing, respect your parents, and what you shouldn't be doing. Don't desire the wife of your best friend. Don't kill, don't steal. There is the don't, and there is the thing you should be doing. So, Orachayim asks a great question. Why is the Torah talking about that lust, that desire for a woman? After all, when they fight other nations, this nation they fight have a very different spiritual foundation. They don't have the same foundation as you. Why getting your head involved with the wrong woman? We don't talk about sex. We talk about getting married and have children and have family. Do you need a woman in your life that will destroy your future? Why would you do that? What's the purpose of you doing it to yourself? Just because she's gorgeous and beautiful? She have, I don't know, green eyes? What's... And it's not talking about the mistake you're doing. Talk about the Torah telling you to do that. Why? And look what the Orachim said. Tremendous. That's based on Kabbalah, based on Dari and the Zohar. And it says, sometimes when a man, men, desire a woman, and he have strong lust toward that woman, 
Okay? It's only if that person is already spiritual that we see that woman carry within her the ability to manifest him. What does that mean? A man delivers the sperm, right? Woman is the egg. Together, together, they create child. If we see this woman and you have desire to her, the Torah suggests that maybe the connection between that two can give birth to Neshmot Agerim, like soul of people who convert. For example, like Ruth. If you remember Ruth, that converted to Judaism and lost, because a lot of people convert to Judaism. When I say Judaism, I'm talking about the spiritual aspect and the religious aspect. I, I know a lot of people say, I converted. Converted means that after you convert, you keep Shabbat. You keep kosher. You, you're doing something. So Or Chaim said that, for example, if you remember the story with Shechem and Dina, Shechem was, Shechem ben Hamor, was the leader of the city called Shechem Nablus. And he desired the daughter of Jacob. But he was from a different spiritual path. In those days, it was no Christian, Jewish, or Muslim. It was a different path. It was worship idol. Jacob people, or what we call the Israelite after that, were practicing follow one God. They were the first, first religion to follow one God was Judaism, not Christianity, not Islam, not Hindu. I mean, Hindus still have many gods. Hindu is a leftover of what used to be the idol worshipping 4,000 years ago. Hindu become from the father of Abraham, Abraham, Terach. That's where Hindu come. All those things that they say the foundation is based on gods. Yes, gods, not one God. When, when, when Judah was established, it was established about one God. And then Jesus being Jewish, he established that and people followed that. Then Muhammad, those of you who know the story of Muhammad, or if you read the Quran, I did, you should read it. It's wonderful to read it. You see, it's based on one God. Even the Quran starts, I can mention it in Hebrew. The, the Quran starts, May God, Billah being the God, May God save us from Shatan al-Rajim, from, from the devil, that not allowing us to believe there is one God. That was the whole foundation of, of Judaism that extend to Christianity, extend to Islam. So here, we talk about Shechem, who only worship many gods. One Dina, Dina is the daughter of Jacob, the one daughter. And of course, that was forbidden. In the end, somehow they end up doing whatever they're doing together, uh, not with the blessing of Jacob. Some say it was rape. Some say, there's many opinions. And the words is rehavat yadayim. Rehavat yadayim meaning there is a large land. Tell us, Orachayim, rehavat yadayim. He said that the Kabbalists teach us. The word rehavat is reshchet bet taf. There is a rabbi who died. In the time of the temple, his name is Rabbi Hanania ben Taradion, one of the greatest righteous Kabbalists of all time. Rabbi Hanania ben Taradion is the result of this intercourse of Dina and Shechem. Wow. Meaning that sometimes people have desire with one another because there is a righteous person that will come from it. So, tell us, when the Torah mentioned when a soldier 
after he win the war, because he never went to the war to kill. He never went to the, he won the, just to defend. And after he defend, then he met a woman, then it's okay. And he has desire, that's when his desire saw that he could give birth to this woman, to somebody very spiritual. So ask a question. Or Chaim continue. Ask a question. How do you know? How do you know? How do you know what? You finish the war of blood, those days with a big sword, and you're exhausted, you're tired. And you see this beautiful woman. She's not just beautiful, you feel connection. That's been last, last is not only physical. And look what he asked. If this woman is looking at, she's beautiful as a shell, or she's beautiful because she fulfilled with that soul that's supposed to give birth to somebody like Rabbi Meir Balanes, like Shmaya Ve'Aftalion, like Unculus, like Rabbi Akiva, all those people I mentioned came from people who were different than the Jewish people. I'm talking about in the old days, it was only Judaism as a religion that believed in one God. It was no Christianity. But those four names I mentioned came from what we call the Goim, the, the non-Jewish, the Gentile, and they decided to become Jewish. How do you know which woman can give birth to a son like Rabbi Akiva? Rabbi Bir Balanes come from the family of Nero, the, the Caesar of Rome. Evil. Shmaya Naftalion also came from evil people. How do you know that that woman you're looking at, she's looking great, she's sexy, she's amazing, and you feel connection? How do you know? Look what it says. It's written that you bring her home, she shaved her head, she cut her nails, and she stayed for 30 days. What is those 30 days? Those are the 30 days of conversion. You have to see if she's into it. If she's into spirituality. If she's not into spirituality, why would you expect it to be good? Spirituality means that she chose the same boss as you, God, in that sense. She chose the same book to study from, Torah. Under Torah, Zohar, Kabbalah, Gemara, Talmud. She chose the same path of spirituality as Ravashta Kolegat, looking inside and see if I'm good enough in the month of Elul. If she doesn't do those three, it doesn't mean that she's with you. Why would you expect good news coming from her? Many people go to Vietnam, Japan, to Thailand, and there is a lot of poor women there. And they pick up a wife that they want because they look good. And they expect to be great. Why? There is no connection there. To be great, the word great includes spirituality. And look what is that? What does it say after that? Look at that. Verse 15, chapter 21. A woman, a man who left two women. Why do you need two women? I don't know. I mean, some men like to collect, right? One that he like and one that he hate. I never met a man in my entire job that before his wedding, say, 
and think I'm taking two women, one I like and one I hate. Usually, two that you like. And I know in Jewish tradition, a man allowed to marry four wives, okay? Nobody's doing it. I mean, the only one who still keep that tradition is the Yemen, the Jewish people from Yemen. I have in my neighborhood where I grew up a wonderful man by the name of Salem. He was the head of the synagogue, religious, orthodox Jew. He has two wives. He came from Yemen and he has two wives. His daughter was one of my best friends, Oli. Love this family, unbelievable family. He has two wives. Simple man, he didn't do it for lust or desire or sex. He loved both of them. Two family. We're not going into the meaning of it or what it means because I'm not here to teach you that. But more I want to see you that. The Yaldulo Banim. Two of them give birth to him. Okay? And he has to respect the children the same. But look at verse 18. Chapter 21. Ki When a man will have a child that is a rebel, he doesn't listen to his father and to his mother. It's more than that, meaning he doesn't want to go on a spiritual journey. What is the Zohar teachers? Why there is children like this? Problematic kids. I'm not talking about rebellious, about money, and about the car, and about this and that. I mean, it's also because if he doesn't respect his parents, that's when he never read the Torah. When a child doesn't want to study spirituality, doesn't want to study the Torah, doesn't want to study all of that, it has to do with the woman that you with, or with the father who only care about sex. If the father only care about sex, then he chooses all the time a woman that he thinks look good. So last, last, like a dog, like a horse and dog. But you're in a human body. So here is telling you the result will be a problematic kid. Why? Because your foundation was not based on spirituality. You went to that war, to that holy war, to that spiritual war, not for the, for the purpose of war. You went to that war to capture a woman. So you're all... Being is for you. And that's what, if it's all about you, why would you expect to find somebody who's going to make it all about somebody else? If you're selfish, just think about yourself. Then you're going to find exactly a woman who think about herself. And then the children will be what? Also think about themselves. The whole result will be exactly of who you are. Don't get angry. That's who you are. That's who she is. And that's a product. Why people get so angry when the children are kind of off the path or the derech? Yeah, it can happen sometimes when there is a bad tikkun. You know? I was an incredible child when I was a kid. I wasn't. I'm not proud of the way I behave with my parents or the way, the way I behave at all. But I had miracle. I had miracle. Or, or maybe God tried to make a joke with the angels. Sometimes I don't know how it happened. You look at that. And I'm not think I'm yet there. I'm trying to my study to teach and to be there and to study to be there. 
But God, I feel like sometimes he took me and he said, you know what, I'm going to take one of those doesn't have so much chance and I'm going to put it in his head to study. And you always have to believe you have a chance, guys. Like what I said before, what I say on Shabbat to those of you who have been here. You have to believe you have a chance. Even if you fail every Rosh Hashanah, you have to believe you have a chance. You can't, you can't look at yourself and say, I have no chance. This is the time to use your ego. This is the time to ignite the ego and say, this year, oh, this year I'm going to be not just overcoming my negativity. This year, I will be righteous. This year, I will reveal all the secrets of the Torah that need to, you have to believe in yourself. Because if you don't, then you lost the war already. The Yetzer, the evil inclination, the Satan, the devil, whatever you want to call it, purpose is to do two types of war with us. One war, to make us believe that we can never make it. Second war, is to make us believe that we can make it. You got to find out what war you're fighting. If you feel that you have doubts about yourself, you have to fight it. If you feel that you can make it and it's easy, I have a couple, I cannot say their name, wonderful people, they're always fighting. And when you look at their personality, he, believe it, he can make it, everything is yes for him. He never keep his commitment, but he promised, overly promised, you know. The wife hates to promise. She likes to deliver, but she hates to promise. And always fighting. They cannot understand each other. They are different people. He needs to change the part of believing it will be okay all the time, but she also needs to change the part that she doesn't believe it will be okay. Okay? All right, so I think, I think that was clear. Let me move on. I think we don't have that much time, but I want to just two more points, or three maybe, you know me. I start, yeah. So I'm reading now from the Ari. And he's talking about war. And the most famous war, according to the Ari, he called it Four people that went to the Pardes. The section about the Pardes is basically, it was four rabbis that went into the orchard. Orchard mean uh, they went to the secret of all secret of the Torah. Pardes means pay for pshat, re for remez, remez means hint, drash for story, and sod means Kabbalah. Maybe one of them chose a different path. Of course, they all were Kabbalists, they all knew the pshat, they all knew everything about the Torah. Everything, when I say everything, profit, every, everything. Everything you're ever going to study in thousand lifetimes, they knew it already, four of them. Only one of them make it. And the question we wanna know, what make Rabbi Akiva win? Dari asked too. Why him? Why him? What is it? We know he was the highest soul ever came to this world because he was king. Why? Aval Rabbi Akiva. Right? Dari in Sefer Alikutim. Nechlas b'shalom v'yatsa b'shalom. He walked in to the most dangerous place of spirituality and he came back. Okay. One of them died. One of them went crazy. One of them left spirituality. All together. Rabbi Akiva. Look what he answered. כי רבי עקיבא נדבק באהבה רבה. נדבק באהבה רבה. You want to know how he worked on himself? He was looking, am I capable to love my soul more? Am I capable to love the creator more? Am I capable to love spirituality more than I loved it yesterday? 
באהבה רבה, שנדבק באהבתו, דקוצ'ה בריחו, מעולם לעולם. Of course, there is meaning to it. I'm not going to the Kabbalistic meaning, Atzilut, Chassadim, of Abba. You, you should read it. It's beautiful. Yatsam b'shalom. And he came out safe. She'imtik et ha'klipot. He was even able to sweet the klipot. Because what is klipa? What is negativity? Negativity itself is what? Is an aspect of positivity. They didn't make it. A tzaddik, only a tzaddik, can elevate those klipot where they, where they belong, and then they become holy. Not everybody can do it. Don't try. He didn't fix everything. Why? He was at the merit to do it on his own. And it needed a long time. The reason he didn't finish all of it, because he wanted three of his friends to do it with him. And that's why before they went in, as it's written in Chagiga, Amud Yud Alef, in the Talmud, Chagiga, Amud Yud Alef, when you're reaching the level where you want to reach, Al Tomru Maim Baim, do not say water, water, meaning don't think in a separation term, because the one who speaks lie, not allowed to be in that level. But he himself reached the highest level. He was supposed to fix everything. But he wanted to do it with them. And that's why it didn't happen. But the Ari said to us, How did Rabbi Akiva die? While they're removing his skin, he said, Shema Israel, Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. And then he said, "Va'afta et Hashem elokecha bechol levavcha bechol avchira bechol modecha." And he said to himself, "You should love God with your soul, with your body, with everything." Meaning, he said, "He wants to be able to love God while he's dying." And that's why his soul went all the way to the chamber of love. Those those of you who struggle to change something. Always reach out to Chamber of Love to Rabbi Akiva. Always available for you. Those of you. But you have to cry. You have to close the door, be alone, and cry. Say, Rabbi Akiva, I'm talking to you. Help me. I'm, I'm losing it. Help me. Take, take over this body, this soul, and fix me. Start helping me. Rabbi Akiva. So that's another war that Dari talk about. What's the other war that Dari talk about? Being cheap. Sometimes people are cheap, but they don't know they're cheap, and nobody want to tell them they're cheap because it's an insult. I have sometimes people who come to see me, and being Israeli, being Scorpio, being Taurus rising, 
Most of you understand what I mean. I can be very direct. It's good and it's bad. The bad, it can destroy. When it's a premature situation, it can destroy. The good, if you want to have an honest opinion, and you're ready for honest opinion, I'm pretty much available. Dari, talk about how do you pay the people who work for you? Morizal. It's in the end of Sefer Alikudim. Ayanizar meod vargozma. You know it means dvargozma? He would exaggerate with how much he cared about this concept. Binyan sachar sachir. How to pay somebody who work for you. Velifamim ayamit akev bilit palel tfilat midecha. He would not go to pray midecha. Until he pay the person who worked for him. Sometimes the sun will go down for him to go pay for the person who worked for him. And if he wouldn't have cash, what do you do? Until he paid the person who worked for him. And then he prayed. And when I am the student, ask him, Master, teacher, you, you're missing Mincha. And that's when he answered me. And you want me to pray to God? And I have this one mitzvah that God put in the Torah. Beyomo teten scharo. There is a mitzvah to pay the same day that the worker comes to you, the same day you pay. How do you want me to pray in front of the master who wrote those rules when I didn't pay the worker the money? That's another type of war. Don't be cheap. Now, I don't need to tell you, Beyomo teten scharo is Shabbat. Shin, Taf, Bet. As Rabbi Chaim Vital writes, Shabbat. Shabbat. What does that mean? Mincha of Shabbat. Meaning before Shabbat is over, before, before Shabbat begins, look around. Did you pay everybody? You want to win the war of your spiritual? Look at those small things. Look at the mitzvot of the Torah. Study, you have time now. Buy a book of the mitzvot, study what mitzvah is accessible and available and start doing it. Pay your people. Give gift. Better that you do mistake, pay them extra than pay them less. It's very important to have generosity. And very important to go meet your rabbi, your teacher, whoever you trust, and tell the rabbi, am I giving enough? Ask that question already. You're afraid that the rabbi teach, uh, cheat you? Then he's not your rabbi. Stay away from that man. But if you trust one person, you go and ask. You cannot decide on your own if you give enough or not. You're never going to be, uh, uh, what is it, legitimate or, or, or uh, objective. I don't even trust myself. I'm worried every Friday. I go to Debbie, Debbie, are you sure you're giving tithing? I want to see the paperwork if we're giving it more than tithing. I'm scared. Because the Talmud, the Talmud, in the section of Shabbat, 
It's right about what is the first thing a man need to do when he come home before the Kiddush. You know what's the first word he need to say to his wife and family? Isartem. Isartem. That's it. Did you do your tithing? Did you do your tithing? You do Kiddush. You do wine. So I'm, I'm picking Jews. So only the wine is good because it tastes good. Only the food is good for Shabbat. But God also say tithing. I can't choose. I can't just do whatever I want. You wouldn't be spiritual. There is some rules. There is things you shouldn't be doing. There is things you should be doing. Yeah, you should have a teacher. Of course. But a teacher that designated is your teacher. What does teacher mean? You ask. You don't come up with an opinion. You ask. Excuse me. Am I on the right path here? I know uh, one of my students, I never told him what's wrong with him, never, years. So I decided to tell him what's wrong with him. That student doesn't talk to me for three weeks. Weird. If I would choose a teacher, and you know me, a teacher, I right away make myself a servant to that teacher, not because I want to be a slave or a servant, it's because I think that that person, I chose that person to teach me the path of spirituality. I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with that. Now, if I don't want to go with it, it's okay. Then don't, don't make him believe that you are a student. That's another wall, guys. It's another wall. Now, there is another mitzvah, and then I let you go. So many mitzvot of this parasha. I wish I can... 24 hours, just, just, just eat parasha. Just, just this parasha is enough. <laughs> every, every, every section I stop, I, I, I just can't. I, I look at it, I, I just can't stop. This whole parasha is also about the Messiah, what's going to be in the end. And when you read this parasha, usually in this week, always there is... Uh, secret of Messiah in the world. But there is a section that touched me very much. It's in chapter 22, verse 6. Those of you who know my teaching of Tikkun Ezoar know why I'm excited. When you see a nest of a bird in front of you, whatever you see, chicks, eggs, And then after that, he doesn't call it chicks and eggs, they call it banim, sons. Tell us, there's three types of people when it comes to spirituality. And you have to look inside, who are you? Are you egg? Meaning you have potential, but nothing happened. Are you chick? Meaning you're just in the nest. You don't want to grow. You just want to be there and your mother come and sit on you. Or you are banim. You are sons. You fly on your own. You start to develop your own spiritual muscle. Look what it says. Verse Zayn. Tikkun HaZor. Talk a lot about it. Shalach tashalach et ha'em v'tabanim tikach lach. Leman itav lav rechach tamim. When is it talking about, in verse 7 only, when you have a long life, when you do shiluach haken, when you do the mitzvah of sending the mother away, only because the em, the mother, doesn't mean mother. Nest doesn't mean nest. Nest is like a vessel. 
the mother of the Shekhinah. You want the Shekhinah to come and give you blessing, you have to become banim. You have to change your consciousness. You have to not live on your potential. You have to have desire to have more. I have one of the young uh, followers of our organization, vitaltransformation.org, wonderful, wonderful person. I cannot say his name, not good for his ego. So he called my wife today, say, I need to know exactly what's happening for the Chagim, for the holiday, because I want to be part of everything. I was, so we don't know if we're going to do it in New York, Israel, or LA. I was touched. Banim, he's definitely Banim. He has desire to fly, he has desire to connect. Some people are eggs. What are you going to do with egg? You touch it, it can break. It's premature, and then no baby is coming out. You leave it alone for too long, it's going to die. So, if you are in the egg consciousness, you are one of those who wait for something. If you're in the chick consciousness, that's when you're going to blame everybody, you're a victim. But if you're in the banim consciousness, you're going to make it. And the Shekhinah will help you to make it. I hope a message I share with you in the month of Elul, in the month that is preparing you for Rosh Hashanah, will take you to another level. And just one little thing in the end. I know that I promise it will be just one more point. It's such a parasha. Well, at least this parasha miss everything. It's everything, is it? Say, in the end of the parasha, you know how it ends in verse 19, chapter 25. And when God allows you to rest from all your enemy, then you have one enemy you have to kill. You know which enemy? What's the name? Amalek. You know what Amalek? The doubts about being excited about making effort about two things. Stopping the wrong thing and being excited about doing the right thing. Thank you, I think. That's enough. Thank you. You have a wonderful week.